Welcome to the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting Podcast. You may attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-520-80640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Renee was recorded on February 1st, 2024. And hi, my name is Renee. As Gretchen stated, I am part of the service team here at Voices, and I'm happy to be here tonight speaking. I have been in ACA for three years, and I have been in numerous 12-step programs. Um, what brought me to ACA is, of course, um, family dysfunction. Both my parents were alcoholics. Um, I would say six out of seven siblings that I know were alcoholics or intravenous drug users. So I have been around a lot of dysfunction and chaos in my life. And tonight I chose to share about fear of abandonment. And that will be the topic. Abandonment is the very first trauma I experienced. And I experienced it in the womb. Um, My mom actually had 10 children. And back in the day, being Catholic, a woman actually had to get permission from her priest to go on birth control. Yeah, the woman needed permission. So after number nine, my mom was given permission from her priest, although it didn't work because here I am. So that's when my first abandonment happened. And I know because when I could understand my mom's words, I was told that I wasn't wanted at a very young age. And I was told that I wasn't wanted throughout my childhood. Um, We finally made amends later in life, person to person before she passed. And it, it pissed her off that she was pregnant with me. It pissed her off because I reminded her of my dad's side of the family. She admitted, excuse me, sorry. She admitted um, that I reminded her of my dad and his side of the family. And I'm still processing that side of the family because it's a huge surprise to me. And that'll come up in another share because I actually am still trying to process it. Um, So my parents, growing up with alcoholic parents, they were physically and emotionally unavailable. And that's also how my fear of abandonment developed as a young adult and sometimes even now. The fear of being abandoned led me to hang on to toxic or unhealthy relationships. 
so I could avoid being abandoned or left alone. And that's kind of a pretty, excuse me, fucked up way of trying to have to live healthy, right? So my inner kids, um, my youngest, maybe one to six years old, carries all the wounds, the trauma, and the fear of abandonment from those years. And not only abandonment, but physical, mental, and sexual abuse. This child has gone into hiding deep inside. Um, kind of in other words, it's been re repressed or disowned by my subconscious mind in order to protect herself from the pain and fear of the abandonment that she carries. My teenager is the angry, defiant child. Um, my teenager holds all the thoughts, all the feelings, the attitudes, and the coping style of that time in our lives. She tends to show herself as a badass, and she's very protective of my vulnerable child, the little one. She doesn't trust me enough to meet her yet, but we're working on that, and I'm beginning to gain her trust. And I do feel her easing up a bit, but she can still be very protective. My family role, I have many, but um, the caretaker is one. Uh, with my, my dad passed away when I was 10 years old. And he was, you know, also a drinker. He had seven heart attacks. He had bypass surgery. And... With so many people in my house, I have no idea how this happened, but he had a massive heart attack that took his life when I was 10 years old. <clears throat> and it was just me and him home. So at that point, my mom became, or still was, but she became the, the main alcoholic in the family. And she wasn't a mean drunk. My mom wasn't mean. She wasn't physically abusive. She was verbally abusive. She was mentally abusive. She was the happy drunk. Everybody thought she was so cool, but me, you know, friends, your mom's so cool. Blah, blah, blah. So, <clears throat> um, the rescuer is also me. And it's probably the biggest role I took on throughout my life until recovery started. The rescuer has to be all about others. As a rescuer, rescuer I usually spent much of my childhood caretaking or unsuccessfully trying to please a wounded parent doing for my mom what my mom actually needed to do for me we kind of did a role reversal and by that i mean i was putting her to bed as i came home as a young teenager because she was passed out on the recliner i would empty out her bottles um fill them up with water leave a little bit of color in there so she thought something was in there taking care of the house um Cooking, I mean, I was doing all kinds of things. Also, when my dad passed away, <clears throat> my brothers that were doing the drugs kind of took over and mom let them and my house became a heroin den. So I'm also trying to walk around and pick up needles that were dirty. Um, and... By this time, as a, a young teen, teenager, I had started to develop. And not only was I sexually abused by a sibling, I was also abused by 
the people that were doing these drugs in my home. So shame and abandonment is how my dysfunctional parents controlled their kids. I saw my parents as authority figures, but I couldn't trust, I didn't know my dad enough to trust him to be there for me, but I couldn't trust my mom at all to be there. Um, and the seven siblings that were in the home with me, I couldn't trust at all either. And I brought that lack of trust throughout most of my life. And although I didn't fear authority figures, I didn't fear my employers or people, I actually challenged them. And this was before recovery. I challenged them. I was so pissed off that I didn't have anyone to nurture me, that I was going to piss off the ones who tried to teach me anything, who tried to assert any authority over me, including teachers, even the police. I wasn't scared of them because the system abandoned me too. I find it hard today to accept affection, like hugs or mothering, because I didn't have it. Um, although I'm capable of mothering my own and others very easily, I don't know how to accept that nurture. I don't know how to accept someone asking me if I need something. <clears throat> As an older teenager, through my young adult life, I jumped from one bad relationship to the next. I was seeking out emotionally unavailable people who were incapable of loving and being responsible for themselves. Some were alcoholics, um, my second husband, some weren't, my first husband. But at that time I found him extremely boring because there wasn't any chaos or dysfunction happening. Um, so with it not happening, I realized that I was gonna make it happen because I was bored and I knew I would abandon my, my first partner unknowingly at the time. I was recreating the abandonment of my mom before I got hurt again. And like I said, it's not that I, that I have any hatred towards my mom or my dad. It's what they knew. It's what they knew. And I also have a great relationship with my first partner, uh, my oldest son's dad. He was another amends that I did face to face and told him uh, that I own my shit. I mean, that's pretty much all I could say. It, it was me. It wasn't you. And um, we're pretty good friends now. My youngest son's dad passed when he was just 18 years old from sclerosis of the liver due to alcohol. And I knew I couldn't fix him when we started dating. Um, I tried to, I tried my damnedest, but obviously that didn't work because he's not with us any longer. He was a functioning alcoholic. He was a provider, but had very little care for anything outside of work or alcohol, including me or my son. So when my son was about, now my oldest son, of course, was witnessing this too. So when my youngest son was about three or four months old, I asked him, I asked him to make a choice, either us or the bottle. And his words to me were, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. 
So once again, instead of us being abandoned, I flew. We are a deeply dysfunctional, generational, affected family. It goes so far back. Um, my uncle used to, my great uncle, not my uncle, my great uncle, used to run rum to the Kennedy compound in Martha's Vineyard during the prohibition because my grandparents owned pharmacies, which included like the ice cream fountains and the grocery aisles and, you know, the store along with the pharmaceuticals throughout Massachusetts. And they all had liquor licenses <laughs> available to sell alcohol, lucky us. So it screwed up um, my mom and her siblings too. They didn't um, like to work on the weekends. So here's where some of their dysfunctions started. Um, when my mom and sister had to work at the store, they would find things to do to piss off their parents. Like from what she told me, they used to poke hole in condoms and sell them and put them back on the shelf for sale. Um, I guess my grandfather, their dad, had the good liquor set aside and we had a Navy base that was close to one of the pharmacies where my mom worked and that's how she met my dad. So she would give the good liquor to them and the good cigarettes and they would do their thing. <clears throat> so the generational dysfunction is real in my family. It's a real thing. Um, so all those things I had passed down to my oldest son and with him witnessing everything, I was afraid that he was going to abandon me like I fled from my family at the age of 15. So I threw my hands up and literally said, I can't do this anymore. And I decided it was time to get sober, not just sobriety from alcohol and drugs, but I needed emotional sobriety as well. I needed sobriety on so many levels. I began with the beverage program, the narcotic program, and a therapist. Every 12-step program since being sober for the last 20 years has helped me tremendously, and ACA being my present one. And I'm sure I'll need recovery for the rest of my life. But now I know not only recovery, but support which I am no longer in fear of asking for because I might be abandoned if I ask for something for myself, right? I might get abandoned, so I didn't do it. But with recovery, I'm getting better at it. If I need something, I'm going to ask. Something as simple as a hug, which I never received as a child. I was never told I love you as a child. I never had a kiss goodnight. And damn, if I want those things now, I'm going to ask. A stranger may think I'm a bit loony. loony. Just kidding. I don't, I'm not going to go around and ask strangers for hugs. But if I tell my son, mom needs a hug, he knows it's for real. Because I don't. And I never would have asked in the past in fear of being rejected or abandoned. Um, some of the other 12-step programs I was going through, a person was, was took me aside and told me about ACA because I hadn't started ACA yet. And luckily she told me uh, about it because she said some of my shares were, were and, and 
these are her words exactly, were fucking deep and chaotic. And I might find more people like me in ACA. And I thought, hmm, more people like me. Was there a thing? Should I be offended? And that's my critical parent at work. They're going. So were people looking at me like I had three heads? Probably before I started ACA. Um, I was also going to a neighborhood meeting in person and um, trigger warning. There was a, a shooting at my meeting and it was a love triangle gone bad. Um, a fellow traveler of mine was shot and died and I, I felt abandoned and scared again. I felt abandoned not only because I lost my friend, but I also lost my mating. It was very traumatic. I was very sad and triggered, and I still am today because I drive that by that building almost every day. Um, it brings up a lot of emotions, but emotions that I can now feel in a healthy way. I don't have to bury it. I don't have to keep quiet about it. I want to feel it so I can grieve. I can grieve that my fellow traveler lost their life. I can grieve not having that meeting to go to. And prior to recovery in ACA, I would have just buried it. I would have just ignored it. So ACA I found. And um, I started attending several months of meetings before I would even introduce myself. I just listened. And then slowly I started sharing. Then the pandemic hit. So I had to get used to Zoom. I knew in my heart I had to start sharing more. And I knew that if I shared more, then I could get started doing the work, the workbooks, the readings. And eventually I did. I started to do service and I continued to, to do service. But to me, the real work is the workbooks, all of them, and the steps, just not all at once. And both steps, ACA and Tony A, very important for me to work. And, and I have, and I'm probably on my third round of doing so. Um, I also started doing my own inventory. Not my parents, not other people that harmed me, but mine. It helped me realize my hurts, my abuses, my abusers. I realized how the fear of abandonment was at the root of many of my shortcomings. I wrote them down and I acknowledged them and I accepted them. And I created what I call the three eyes, which helped me so much. The eyes are for inventory, identity, and integrity. The more I worked at my own inventories, the first eye, the more I formed my own identity and began to see who I really was instead of who my mom saw or the relationships that I were in or what partners wanted or needed me to be. It's a very long process and it still continues, but I can see my progress every day. And now I have a better sense of who I am the second I identity. I know I'm getting to know who I am. 
I have a much easier time setting and enforcing clear boundaries, fully knowing the abandonments I faced weren't my fault. And I acknowledged how I can abandon myself, not just others abandoning me, but I can abandon myself. The third I, integrity. Until I had my own identity, until I was honest with myself and becoming my whole true self, boundaries were impossible to set, much less enforce. Now I know I can set them with love and respect other boundaries and not be abandoned. And what I mean by that is, you know, my oldest son, we don't have the best relationship. Um, he set his own boundaries with me that I respect. And after making amends with my oldest son, a lot of things happened and we were strange. We were strange for a long time and we still are. We're slowly getting back to texting. Um, a couple of conversations we've had and we've actually set up to have lunch here in February, which I'm really excited about. So it's been a, a huge change for me and it's helped in my recovery. The three eyes journaling has made my identity clearer and I'm not trying to figure myself out as much anymore, but I'm trying to really get to know me. Getting to know me helps me with my fear of being abandoned. And, and it's scary, it's traumatic. Um, some of my recovery tools include the Big Red Book. It has damn near everything I need to read, hear, and feel. Um, another recovery tool is learning that happiness can be a choice. And I am capable of making choices, especially in relationships. And that no is a complete sentence. Sometimes I just have to say no. One thing about the solution. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. The workbooks for me get to the real hard stuff. If there are any newcomers here tonight, and I am not telling any of you what to do or how to do it, but I am sharing that being gentle with myself helped me through the steps. The first time I constantly wanted to throw the book across the room, I didn't want to face it or feel it. I wanted to fucking abandon it <laughs> because that was easy. I still, I had and still have a problem with step four. And a mentor and fellow traveler suggested just don't do it. Your teenager isn't ready yet. Um, we talked about different approaches to this one step. So now I do Tony A step four, which for me is a much more gentler approach. Um, one of the questions in the workbook was what do you expect from some, when you name the people who have triggered you or abandoned you, it's like they ask you, what did you expect in return? And I was, thought to myself, expect, fuck. I didn't have active parents. I didn't expect anything from them. To me, if I didn't have expectations, then I didn't get hurt. So why expect anything? So all those answers were blank. Um, you know, I, I, 
I didn't get anything from my parents at all, nothing at all. Not how to become a young lady, nothing on grooming. All I had were survival skills and street smarts, and I was good at both of those. I have never had a birthday party, and I have ha- I have them now whenever I can. Just me and my stuffies, we'll chill on the floor, we'll eat cupcakes, I'll play the birthday song, and we sing. Maybe play a few video games, and thank you, Higher Power, for Xbox, because they have Pac-Man and Asteroids and all the games that I watched everyone else play in the 80s, but I could never do it. Um, I hear the following in many meetings. By attending these meetings on a regular basis, I will come to see parental alcoholism or family dysfunction for what it is, a disease that infected me as a child and continues to affect me as an adult. I will learn to keep the focus on myself in the here and now, and I will take responsibility for my life and supply my parenting. And that's what I'm doing. I'm learning how to become my own loving parent. It also tells me I will not do this alone. As I look around, I see others who might get me, most likely know how I feel, maybe not always. My ACA family will love and encourage me no matter what. I ask y'all to accept me just as I accept you. Now that I have faced my past and I have learned about my scars, I feel it's time to let that shit go for me. I got to let it go and continue to move forward because my scars are my journey. Just like recovery, they're gonna be there forever. After a very long and painful journey, these days I just wanna choose peace. I wanna choose serenity. I wanna choose happiness. Making choices, my children in life, while always working my recovery and moving forward and becoming my own loving parent. I'm gonna end here and because I like to leave room for shares, but I wanna thank everyone for being here with me because I wouldn't be able to do any of this shit without you. I wouldn't be able to face my abandonment fears. I wouldn't be able to deal with them. And yeah, thanks for being here and sharing this thing we call recovery together. What a fucking adventure it is, right? So thank you and peace to everyone.